You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hello, tech fan listeners, and welcome to Tech Man number 228. I'm your host for today, David Cohen. I'm running the show solo. And uh, obviously, those of you paying attention to our feed will be aware we didn't do a show last week either. So let me bring you up to speed with what's been going on. Um, last week was my uh, son's bar mitzvah on the Saturday, uh, so his 13th birthday, and uh, a big celebration for him and then a party in the evening. And so I was requested on Friday afternoon when we would normally record to go down to the venue where we we're going to have this party and help them set up. We had a, a, co- a friend of mine, a f- former colleague, who was coming in to do uh, DJ stuff um for the party and he needed a hand moving stuff in and out and also we need to do some decoration and basically it just meant that uh, unbeknownst to me until i was asked to fill in and do this i wasn't gonna be available to record so i dropped a message to tim and uh let him know but unfortunately he also wasn't feeling too well so um he wasn't able to do something solo so we decided to let it slide for that week thinking well okay we'll, we'll pick up this week unfortunately as uh, i've just said tim isn't here And the reason for that is that um, I got a a text from him early on this week. uh, And I have to say, you know, sometimes when you read words in text, it's somebody you know fairly well and you know that they're pretty upset. Uh, And uh, I could tell that Tim was pretty upset. And then he sent me a video file explaining what was going on. And I I mean, he was he was so upset. I kind of replied back to him and said, you know, your video just very much nearly cracked my iPhone screen from the inside, so uh, dark was your face. So what happened is stuff happened at work, and um, there was some miscommunication, and somebody got the wrong in the stick, and basically what it came down to is that Tim has had to go to New York uh, with somebody to accompany them for a show. Now, um, he's mentioned that for the next few weeks he's going to be doing shows, uh, and he's not going to be on the sh- on the podcast um, so this was an extra one, um, and so on top of this run of shows he's got to do three, four weeks, he's now had to do this extra one in New York, um, and he didn't actually leave New York until um, this morning, and that's Sunday, as a, as the day I'm recording this now. Um, I actually got a, a, a video of, he still looked pretty pretty much the same in terms of being hacked off uh, from him this morning, uh, sat on a plane, pointing out the window, pointing at the rain. And, uh, yeah, obviously he's had to give up his weekend for work, um, to be in New York. And, uh, he's not happy about it. He's not happy about missing the show. But, uh, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, this is what happens with work. Um, it intercedes. And every now and again, you have to decide to go to the extra mile to keep your employer happy. And I think, unfortunately, this was a situation where Tim had to do that. Um, uh, and uh, as I've said, he's not going to be on the show for the next few weeks. Um, certainly not live anyway because he's going to be traveling again and again and again i'm hoping that maybe we'll get some um audio from him at some point that we can drop in um but for the moment i'm in charge fabulous eh <laughs> so uh next week i will be having a guest i've, I've lined somebody up um from the mymac staff a guy called donnie yankelo who's been on the show before and um very interesting perspective donnie he's a he's a teacher so he gets to see um what his students are are using technology for firsthand. He has some perspectives on um, how technology shapes education. Uh, And he's also an artist, so he also also has perspectives on how technology allows you to continue to draw and be an artist. So he's a great guy, um, should be good in conversation. Um, And because we've not had a 
uh, show for a week or two, uh, we've got some feedback built up. There's been a lot of uh, feedback sent through to us about some of the things that have been going on uh, here in the UK and then also across the world in terms of things like ad blocking and advertising and stuff like that. So um, those are topics I'd like to address, but I'd really like to address with another person because otherwise this will be an hour of me ranting and you know, kind of uh, saying what I think. And, and while that might be interesting to some people, I, I personally think it's better if I've got somebody to debate and comment from rather than just give you my opinions on some of this stuff. Um, anybody who listens to the show regularly probably knows that I've got a fairly dim view of some of, some of the things that be going on in the, the complaints about ad blocking and, and that sort of thing. We have, we have touched on those briefly before. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I want to get somebody else's perspective on that, so I'm not going to cover that myself here this week. What I am going to do is um, talk about what I've been up to tech-wise for the last couple of weeks in terms of replacing laptops and uh, doing stuff on eBay. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago I might do this, so uh, I think I think well, that's what I'll do for today. So um, let's get right into it. Um, I was looking to replace my Mac laptop because I gave my MacBook Air which is about three, four years old, to my son for his 13th birthday. Uh, as I mentioned, um, it was his 13th birthday for mitzvah. Um, and that's kind of, in, in Jewish circles, that's a very big deal. It's kind of a coming of age sort of thing. And traditionally, you give um, fairly, uh, uh, you know, life-affirming and life-improving but, but bigger presents for, for mitzvah. Uh, and I really felt it was time that he had his own proper laptop for uh, schoolwork and... Um, really you know a proper computer to do is he uses his ipad a lot and he's great great with that you know don't get me wrong but um the ipad has some limitations in terms of doing stuff for school uh and i really want him to be able to pick up some skills about being able to use a proper computer being able to type that sort of thing and while he's has an opportunity to do that at school i really want him to have to have his own machine and um i think the macbook air 11 inch macbook air is a perfect uh if you can stretch to it if you can afford one it's perfect uh student computer because it's so small so light so it kind of has a lot of the advantages of the uh ipad in poor terms of portability but you can take it in so you can take it anywhere with you but you can open it up and it's a full laptop that can do lots and lots of different things you don't have the constraints in terms of uh, some of the constraints you have in terms of the iPad. The iPad's very good at particular tasks, but it, it's not very good at everything in the way that a, a Mac is. Um, and I certainly didn't want to give him a Windows PC. Um, for many reasons, I, I like the Macs. He likes Macs. Uh, I think that Macs might make a better fit for him than for me, really. So that's what it was. But that left me without a Mac. Um, and I, I, th- I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on the show. But... Uh, in terms of replacing it, I, I kind of have been through, been around several things here. And uh, I, I, I want to take you through in the second part of the show, the decisions I came to about, about what Max to buy. Um, because it's, it's changed somewhat as, as a result of some circumstances that happened that I will elaborate on in a minute. Um, I've had the luxury of really having some time to think about this and decide really what I want a computer for and uh, what I'm going to use it for, and, and therefore how much I'm prepared to invest in it. So uh, I'll talk with that, talk about that in the second part of the show uh, after I've um, after we've uh, had a bit of a break. But first of all, what I want to talk about is my experiences of actually procuring this machine. So I, I used uh, I used eBay for this, and um, you know I I know that uh, talking to Tim in the past that in the US Craigslist is really big. 
um, and Craigslist obviously like a local classified ad service. And, and we have something similar here. Craigslist itself is not big here in the UK. Um, it, it exists, but it's not, it's not the biggest thing that people use. So pe- what people tend to use for classified type stuff like that is a, a site called Gumtree. Um, and I've used Gumtree in the past. The, the issue, the issue I have with Gumtree is that, uh, I find people, uh, well, well, really to, to be able to interact with people on Gumtree, you have to end up going out, out and meeting them. And, and I find that quite awkward, quite difficult. I don't have a lot of time on my hands. And in the past, when I've, I've gone through that, um, it's been quite difficult to schedule meetings with people. Uh, and then I've had a couple of experiences where you turn up, you think you've agreed your price on a product. And then you look at it, you find that it's not quite, um, what you were, what you were offered. Um, uh, or people start negotiating with you, trying to up the price or sell you something else or say, oh, you know, it's available, not available. I have this. And that's all. I've, I've had some, uh, bumpy experiences with Gumtree, put it that way. I feel much more comfortable with eBay. Uh, a lot of people here in the UK use, use eBay as they do in the States. But eBay here is a little bit different because we don't have quite those vast distances that you have in the US. Um, so things like shipping and, and, uh, and that sort of thing are a lot more straightforward here in the UK. You kind of know where you are with shipping prices and, and that sort of thing. Uh, I've been using eBay probably about 14 years now. Um, so I'm, I'm fairly comfortable with it. Um, and, uh, I've used, I use it a lot. I, I mean, not only have I been a member for 14 years, but I, I constantly, uh, I constantly trade stuff on eBay. I'm always selling stuff I don't want and buying stuff that I do. And often I use the funds for one to buy the other. So, um, there's a constant flow of things coming in and out of my possession through eBay. So I'm, I, as I say, I'm pretty comfortable. I, I feel like I've picked up some tricks of the trade along the way and I thought I'd, share some of those in terms of what it's like to buy um, a Mac laptop through eBay. Now, let me be honest, I'm not going to sit here and say that I am an expert on this or that the, these these tips I'm going to share with you are the absolute right way of doing it because um, I'm sure they're not. They're just things that I feel work for me. Um, if anybody listens to these things, <laughs> you're sitting there listening, God, what an idiot. I can't believe he's doing that. Um, if you think I'm doing something idiotic, please let me know. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to be schooled in any errors on my ways. Um, and, and certainly as well, if, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, I, uh, I have a bit of a cold. Um, if, uh, if anybody out there, um, would like to discuss some of the things I'm going to talk about or, uh, or, or raise questions or anything, I'm, I'm happy to do that via email or, um, call into the show, uh, send, send us a voice message or whatever you want on Twitter, you know, uh, use your places at tech fan podcast on Twitter. Um, the show at tech fan podcast.com our email. Um, so anyway, on to the meat of it. So here I am, I'm looking for a Mac laptop. I'm going to buy it on eBay. What do I do? So the first things I do, um, is I decide what I want. And the reason for that is that people will list things differently on eBay. Basically, well, there's two things. Yeah, decide what you want and also decide who you're going to buy it from. So let's talk about who you're going to buy it from first. eBay is kind of a a, a mixed bag. There are a lot of professional traders on eBay, and they basically use it as a storefront. Uh, And some of these guys will offer stuff for bidding, which means, you you know, you you can put a price in and see if you win. Uh, Quite a lot of them, though, don't. They have either buy it now or make an offer. Um, and you, know, you can normally tell the professional traders, they tend to have 
um, auctions, auction listings that are kind of have a bit more graphics and information in. They might have uh, company information in there as well. And so you can kind of get a feel once you've looked around for a while who's a trader and who isn't. Now, the thing about buying on eBay from a trader is you'll probably end up paying a little bit more for your product. Um, but you often will have less hassle if you have any issues with it. Um, you'll often find that traders, traders are very, um, you know, it's their storefront. And particularly if they exclusively trade on eBay, they're jealously protective of their um, their profile and their ratings. And, and um, if you're actually prof- selling as a professional eBay, there's a lot more stuff you have to do to keep eBay happy than, than a private seller does. And so they are very, very responsive in the main uh, and very keen to understand that you're happy and they don't get negative feedback because that can have a massive impact on their cost of using eBay if they start getting negative feedback. So um, they build that into their prices, but it also does mean that you tend to get products um, sold by them that are very well described. They they really don't want anyone to get any surprises when they receive the product. So they will often... um, be uh, you know have very detailed pictures about the quality the any issues with a with a laptop um, the condition they really you know as a buyer they don't want you to get be have any surprises when you receive it because um, and first of all anybody returning stuff to them that's their profit margin gone uh, and secondly as I say they've jealously protect that relationship they have with eBay but you pay for that you know you're um you you're paying bigger prices. Uh, for that and um, that's fine if that's what you want if you want something quickly you want something that with the lowest hassle and isn't necessarily the absolute best bargain then that's definitely a way to go but you can as i say you can recognize those sellers Um, you can normally see them and then obviously you have private sellers now if you go to a private seller you'll often get a better price private sellers may not know what the list price or the average selling price of the thing they're selling is and therefore might pitch it low they are they tend to use auctions more and auctions will often come in a lower price than the uh, absolute you know buy it now bargain uh, price you get it from the trader um so so that's that but you know dealing you're dealing with a with a, an individual and some individuals are very good and just like in life some people are great and very responsive and caring and and really care about what they're doing and other people are kind of a little bit flaky um, and if you get something who's flaky, uh, that can be difficult. That can cause you some hassle. So you can kind of tell people who are, we certainly tell a private trader, you, you'll tend to see from the type of auctions they list, the type of uh, graphics they have in the listing, the descriptions. The description is not particularly effusive. Um, if they just use the standard listing tool without any particular pictures, the pictures kind of look blurry or odd angles you can often tell from the backgrounds of the pictures whether it's a private trader or not because the pictures the laptops for instance tend, i don't know why this is they tend to get pictures tend to get taken either on beds or in kitchens and you can normally see if it's on the kitchen table or if it's sat on a bed uh, it's unlikely to be a, a professional seller it's, it's going to be somebody who's selling it for themselves so um you will often get, if you're buying Mac laptops particularly, you'll often get more accessories, more um, inclusions, uh, original discs that came in the machine. You often get the original box. If you buy from a, a, a private seller, you very rarely get that sort of stuff from a, from a professional seller. Um, and as I say, you might get a cheaper price, but you also might get some hassle. Um, you may not get the thing sent to you as quickly as you might like. The condition may not be description of the condition may not be um, as forthcoming as you might like. Um, again, you know, sometimes you can tell from the auction whether, uh, you know, the, the, 
the thing you have to do is you have to look at the auction descriptions with a really critical eye. You have to look very, very carefully. Have a look very closely, blow the pictures up, see if there are things meant, uh, things on the display, uh, on the keyboard, on the case or anything that perhaps aren't mentioned in the auction. Um, one thing you've also got to watch for as well when you're actually browsing through for a particular product is um, you'll often see, and, I, and this is a particular problem with Mac laptops I've noticed, you'll often see uh, the, the headline listing is, you know, MacBook Pro 13-inch working fully working something like that and then you actually go to the listing and look at it and you'll say fully working except for it's missing three keys oh and it doesn't run on the battery uh and uh, there's a small crack or scratch on that and you think well that's not really fully working isn't it you have to really look pretty closely at auctions particularly if you're looking from private sellers but you know it is worthwhile if you enjoy the kind of the thrill of the chase the thrill of finding a bargain if you enjoy using ebay for if you actually get some enjoyment out of the process, then it can be a lot of fun looking for products, looking for bargains, trying to find bargains. I always get particularly excited if, I, if I'm if i looking for something particular and I find it and I actually see that the um, the person selling it is fairly local to me, which means that you do get an opportunity then to, to perhaps go and pick it up or meet, meet with them or they'll bring it to you or something like that. Um, those often can, can make you feel like, oh, there's, I've got a good chance with this. Um, these are sort of factors that you you could kind of uh, kind of weigh up when you're looking for stuff. Okay, so you know, so much so self-explanatory. Thanks very much, Mr. Cohen, for telling us something we didn't already know. So here are some of the other things that I kind of watch out for. Um, I tend to avoid things that finish at the weekend because they often go for higher prices, particularly if they're um, they finish on a Sunday evening. Uh, Saturdays and Sunday evenings, particularly, I don't know what's like in the US, but here in the UK, is the um, is the time when when things go for the biggest prices. Yeah, I I tend to avoid um, buying an auction that finishes on Sunday evening in particular. Uh, I guess it's the weekend; people have time to keep an eye on auctions, and uh, the prices just tend to go up. There's, I think there's more just basically more bidders around. So if you can, you find something that finishes. During the day, during the week, um, I often find that you can get better prices for that sort of stuff. Uh, having said that, that can be balanced out with the fact that uh, a lot of people do eBay stuff at work, so uh, they can often can be monitoring the auctions as well. You just kind of, you know, you can take the rough of the smooth, but I, I do tend to avoid um, weekend evenings. They do tend to be a bit of a bun fight. Now, in terms of how I get, um, I personally like to get um, what I feel are the best prices, is I use... Um, Something that's maybe a little bit controversial. I use uh, a, a site called, um, I think it's called Hammer Snipe. But basically, what a sniping site does is that it bids for you in the last few seconds of the auction. So the problem you'll have otherwise, and, and you know, a lot of people, as I say, it's a little bit controversial because they say this isn't quite how eBay's meant to work. But you know, hey, it's legal. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, they people people who don't like sniping say they're meant. The way eBay's meant to work is that you put your price in, you put your maximum price in, uh, and then people bid. And you know, if you get outbid, then you've got an opportunity to bid higher. But that's exactly why I don't like doing that because if you decide you really want something or you're kind of interested in following something, it can be very tempting, particularly if you're following the auction closely, to as the price goes up beyond the limit you've set, to just kind of say, "Oh, I'll just bid a bit more, just bid a bit more." Um, if you're following it live and you are bidding it live, 
and in particular the last sort of 30, 60 seconds or so, if you're actually sat there at the computer watching it and you see it go up, then you can be very tempted to just kind of put in an extra bid. And the problem with that is you end up spending more money than you want to. Um, it, it, it's, I, I think it's, it's actually, a, you know, for those of us who, who perhaps are maybe a little bit less weak, uh, more weak-willed than others, I can't, can't imagine everyone's like this, but I, I think it... You often see it if you look at the way casinos work and you see, you see the way that generally the life in works. Is people, if they're after something, they can get excited. They can maybe become slightly irrational in that excitement. And sniping takes that away because you, with sniping, you put, in, you put in your maximum amount and the sniping service will not put that bid in until just before the auction ends. So you have no opportunity to um, increase your bid unless, um, unless the auction goes beyond your your limit what you've set the sniping server to do uh well before the auction ends and you've got an opportunity to go back and change what your snipe bid is going to be but at least then if you do that you've got an opportunity to stop and think about it um my my personal advice and buying a lot of stuff on ebay is don't get into chasing a particular auction um unless it's something extremely rare and here i'm talking about mac laptops so they're not um there's always there's always another one coming along. Whatever particular device you're after, um, no matter how good the condition is or the accessories included or anything, there will always be more. And so unless you need it for a particular time frame, if you want it as a gift or something like that, then, then that's fine. Uh, if, you, if you want it as a gift, I would probably tend to go with a professional seller rather than a, a, an auction. But if you're chasing an auction and you don't need it for a particular time, then... You know, once it goes above your limit, let it go. There will be other other devices along for the same sort of money. Um, so you know, it's 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 not worth with auction sites paying more than you think you should because you kind of get excited in the last minute. And that's one of the principal reasons that I use the sniping software. It means that whenever the auction ends, I can set my limit. Uh, and not worry about it. And I really don't. I I actually try and avoid following the auctions. And then you just get an email at the end saying whether you won or not. Uh, and that's kind of that's kind of how I like to do it. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll put a, a, a note in the show notes for the particular site that I use. Um, it, it goes by a number of names. Uh, the service itself is actually called Hammersnipe. I think uh, the website in the UK is auctionstealer.co.uk. Um, and uh, yeah, you you basically. I mean, I think without paying them anything, you can have up to three auctions a week or something like that. Um, and uh, if you pay a little bit more, then you can have as many as you want. So it depends on how much you use eBay. Um, I think if you pay them, then the uh, the final bid goes in slightly slightly later to the auction end. I think it's ten. The difference between three seconds and ten seconds, which is not such a great big deal. I the, I guess the idea is that ten seconds, if your bid goes in, somebody could potentially outbid you. Uh, in those last few seconds of their bidding manually, whereas at three seconds there's less chance of doing that. I I don't think there's much in it really. As I said, if you get just pit to the post and it happens to me quite a lot, you know, then let it go and uh, look for something else. As I say, unless it's something particularly rare that doesn't come up very often, then I guess that's one of the opportunities when you might want to bid more. But when you're talking about Mac laptops, that's that's fairly unusual. So um, so there you go. So that, that's a couple of key tips really. Is uh, don't go for auctions that finish on the weekend. Uh, know who you're buying from and uh, use the sniping software to try and get the best price. So following these these devices, um, uh, the, the other thing as well, I'd say, is 
always buy through eBay. Um, don't be tempted if somebody approached you directly and said, oh, I've seen your interest in this, you know, I can offer you a direct price and everything. Don't Really don't be tempted by that because if you don't buy through eBay, then you don't get the buyer protections. And really, the buyer protections are one of the principal reasons for using eBay because back when I first started with eBay, it was a, eBay, it was a bit of a wild west. You could get into situations where um, neither party was happy, either the buyer didn't like what they'd been sent, or the seller did something, you know, didn't include something they wanted or something like that. And you could end up in a situation where um, everyone was pointing fingers at each other and um, it was difficult to get a resolution. So probably about five, six years ago, eBay kind of straightened themselves out and they've really tilted everything now in favour of the buyer. So... Um, you know, I'm talking about buying something here, so you've got to take advantage of that. But you only get the protections if you actually use eBay. So you have to um, you have to complete your process through eBay, and you have to complain through eBay if something goes wrong. Um, and that is the only way to make sure that you don't get ripped off. There's been all sorts of scams that have been used over the years. Um, you know, uh, you can often tell... Uh, with eBay, with a bit of experience, if you've got kind of a keen nose for this sort of stuff, when somebody's doing something dodgy and you can query it, query it. and normally, you know, like all things in life, if it kind of looks looks dodgy, smells dodgy, sounds dodgy, it probably is dodgy, and you might want to move on. So, um, you know, that that's that's what you have to do. But if you use eBay itself to to process the transaction, then you've always got coverage. And and I've just had a couple of experiences that kind of underline this really. As I say, I was looking for a laptop, and I bought one. Um, it was it was quite a substantial amount of money. It was a Retina MacBook Pro, uh, and it was about I think I paid five hundred eighty pounds for it, which I was relatively pleased with. That was quite a good price. Um, and uh, you know, I followed all of my own advice. I I knew it was a private sale. Um, the pictures that were in the auction looked okay. The uh, seller's description wasn't fantastic in terms of detail and that sort of thing um, but you know it seems to be okay look through the seller's feedback before I bid uh, I noticed that she'd not really sold anything of that value before um, and there were a couple of complaints from people who uh, had bought items of clothing off this, this girl before and had not received them and had to cancel the transaction so that kind of, you know, it, it, it perhaps suggested that I might have issues, but I I thought it was worth a punt um, on the basis that, uh, you know, the machine looked like uh, it was it was priced well. Uh, it looked like it was in pretty good nick. Um, and I, f- I figured it was worth taking the risk that somebody was selling something that expensive would not mess the buyer around on the basis that it was such a large amount of money. However, I was disappointed in that because um, so so what I what I always do when I when I win an auction for something more expensive is I drop the uh, drop the the seller an email after I win saying thank you for the auction I've won it and all that can you give me an idea when you'll be sending out and can you make sure that I get sent uh, the postal tracking information so I can follow it on the way here so I did this and didn't hear anything from them. Uh, and so uh, eBay nowadays actually gives you an estimate of when it should arrive based on what the seller says they will do in terms of what postage service they'll be using and when they'll send it out, how long it'll take them to send out after they've um, after they've the auction's completed. So um, 
I hadn't had this response, and the uh, it was coming up at the time when eBay said this this device should have arrived. So I uh, I emailed them again and said, "Look, what's going on?" And I got a reply back saying, "Oh, I'm very sorry, and uh, I've been delayed a couple of days and this sort of thing, but I'll I'll pack it up. I'll be going out today, and you know, right, fine, okay." But I said again, I said, "Well, can you give me the tracking information?" Uh, and I did not receive that. So the following day, I emailed again, said, "Can you give me the tracking information?" Nothing. Couple of days more, and um, I get an email back saying, "Oh, well, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. You should have had it by now. Uh, I'm checking with the post office." Uh, at that point, I start thinking, "Well, this is strange because if she has tracking, then she would no need to actually physically check the post office." Um, and so, at that point, I launch into eBay's items not received process to kind of bring a little bit of pressure on, really, because uh, I was at this point, I was under the strong suspicion the device had not been sent at all. And I figured, okay, I'll do that. And if I then I get tracking information, I know it's on my on the way. And if I don't, then I'm already um, on the way to getting a refund. The way these the um, eBay refund process works is that is you raise a claim, uh, and then you have to wait a certain period of time where they give the buyer an opportunity to sort things out. And then after that period of time passes, you can then complain again to eBay, and they will look at it and normally just give you your money back. So. Um, I'd raised this, uh, I'd raised this um, complaint, and uh, I continue to get, you know, oh well, yeah, we can speak to the post office, and we think it might be sat in the post office, and all this sort of thing, and there's still no tracking number. So uh, I, I sent another one saying, look, I know you haven't sent it. It would have been here by now if you had. You haven't given me tracking information, uh, so you better just give me the refund. Um, and uh, and so anyway, they did. Uh, they gave me the refund, and uh, you know. And she said, oh, uh, you know, if it if it turns up in the meantime, can you please make sure you send it back to me as as I've given the refund? You know, I, email back. So I think I think we both know it's not going to turn up because you've never sent it for whatever reason. And, you know, yeah, it was one of those ones where I'd got somebody flaky. So um, chalk it down to experience. As I say, the key thing was I'd used uh, eBay's process to make sure that I wasn't uh, out of pocket. Now, going back to something we were saying about knowing who you're buying from, professional versus private. Don't buy from a private seller if you can't afford to have that money kind of in limbo for a, a week or two. You know, I, I was in the fortunate position that I had funds to hand so that, um, you know, if I, provided I knew I was get it back, I wasn't going to, you know, be missing mortgage payments or anything like that by the fact that the money was effectively was out of my account for a, a two weeks before I got it refunded back to me via eBay. Um, so obviously if you're really tight on money uh, and you want to buy something through eBay then stick with the professional guys because you'll have much more um, probably much more satisfaction you don't want to deal with somebody flaky um, if, if that's that's your deal. So um, that was that so I, I continued looking uh, and spotted something else bid on it and I uh, sniped it and I didn't win. I think it ended up at probably about 20 30 pounds more than i was prepared to pay um but uh i then got got an email from the seller saying oh well, the person who's won the auction doesn't want to pay it they overbid and they they say they won't don't want to buy it uh, i'd actually converse with this um with this this girl uh previously uh, queer her, again her auction wasn't very descriptive it just basically pro wasn't clear on the spec, wasn't clear on the amount of RAM in the machine, um, that sort of thing. Wasn't clear about the age of the machine. And these things 
are important to determine what you're buying and what the value of it is. So uh, I had spoken to her previously. So she dropped this email saying, they don't want to buy it. Do you want to buy it? And I said, yeah, sure. Uh, we agree your price. And then I said, okay, but if you want me to buy it, then I have to buy it through eBay. So you need to list it as a buy it now option so that I can buy it through eBay. Because, you know, as, as I said previously, one of my cardinal rules is always buy through eBay. So um, she did that. Took a bit of messing around, but eventually she listed an auction at the price we wanted, and I bid, bought it straight away, and there we go. Um, and uh, sod's law, same thing happened to me. Didn't get sent out. Um, and uh, I, I was emailing her saying, you know, like it should have been here by now. You've not given me the tracking number. You've not marked it post on eBay. Got not got no response. This was this went from the Friday through to the Monday or the Tuesday. On the Tuesday, I got hold of her finally. Got an email back. She said, "Oh, I'm sorry. I've been having my uh, my phone repaired, and so I've not been checking email." Um, but what I've done is I've uh, if I've put the machine in for repair, and once it's repaired, I'm going to send that to you, and that's not going to be until next week. And I went, "Oh, hang on, hang on a minute. This isn't what we agreed." You know, the machine was meant to be sent out. Now, the reason, one of the reasons I got this machine for a good price is the hard drive didn't work. Um, and I wasn't fussed about that because I'm confident I can change a hard drive myself. And even if the motherboard connector for the hard drive uh, in a MacBook Pro is faulty, I can always take out the optical drive and put it in a caddy in there. So I was comfortable with taking that risk. She said, oh, I, I put it in for repair because I want to get my personal information off it before I send it to you. And I said, well, hang on a minute. I said, what person you said the hard drive was broken so how can i have any personal information on i said even if you want to get the drive removed i said that doesn't take a week oh well you know there was a dent i hadn't not spotted on the front i want to get that fixed too at this point i'm thinking well right that's rubbish because uh, macbook pro with a dent on it you can't fix that um if it's got a dent in the top of the case you're gonna have to live with that you can't buff it out or bang it out or anything like that um it's just there unless you replace large parts of the case nobody's going to do that for uh, for no extra money so uh again i said oh look you know if you were going to send the machine off for a week week and a half to have it fixed you should have told me that before we started and, you know again better give me a refund uh, <laughs> at which point she said uh, yeah i can't do that i haven't got the money it's like well <laughs> i said i'm sorry dear but i'm not your bank um i'm not here to to issue a loan you're going to give me my money back and uh, so again i've started the process for ebay um i think for this one i'm probably gonna to have to get ebay to force her to refund the money i don't know what her deal is but um for whatever reason she's uh, not sending me the laptop so again i'm i'm pleased that uh, that i've i've gone through ebay so i will at least get my money back um so there you go um, probably not a great effort for ebay if you think about it tried to buy a laptop twice and both times got messed around by the buyer um that's one of the advantages of going to a professional seller is you don't you don't have to do that um i, I have to say it's for me that sort of experience is fairly unusual i've probably bought in the last uh, four months or so probably about five or six different laptops i bought a couple of chromebooks to try end up liking that buying a chromebook pixel that i'm very happy with um couple of other windows laptops that i've sold on for other people um and uh, a mix of private and uh, professional sellers and uh, this is actually the first time in a while that this has happened to me um so uh, you know take that as as is what it was if you, you know if you don't like the sound of that 
probably best not to use eBay at all. Go and buy it from a store, but you'll you'll pay more. Um, and um, for me, eBay works because it's something I can do in my own time. I sell a lot of stuff through eBay as well, so um, that's a completely separate discussion in terms of how you sell and what the risks are with selling and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, some, perhaps a discussion for another time. But uh, yeah, um, you know, eBay works when it works, and when it doesn't, as I say, fortunately, you're pretty well protected nowadays. So it's worth a punt if you're uh, after a laptop, um, in my view, or anything else for that matter. Um, I buy a fair amount of stuff through Amazon, but I also buy a fair amount of stuff through eBay. So um, there you go. So I'm going to take a break now. Voice starting to break with the cold. Um, and so I'm going to drop in a, an ad from one of the other fine podcasts on our network. And when I come back after the break, we shall discuss about um, what I actually bought and what I ended up getting in terms of uh, replacing my MacBook Air. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchot, host of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. Each month I gather together a panel of photographers and we chat about a theme related to the art and craft of photography. It's not about the gear. It's about making better photos regardless of your camera. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie And I'm back, gentle listeners. So I hope you found that um, promo stinger entertaining. Oh... And you'll just heard that I've just finished installing GarageBand on my Mac so that I can edit this after I finish recording. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I had to buy a Mac and I'm recording this on a Mac. So clearly I succeeded in some respect. <clears throat> and I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when I was on the show that um, I was toying with the idea of getting a, a fairly recent Retina MacBook Pro uh, with the idea that I would keep it for some few years before I traded up something else. Um, and as you heard from the beginning segment, I tried to do that and spectacularly failed because the person I bought it from never sent it to me. So um, I took that as an opportunity to rethink my approach um, and really decide on how much money I wanted to spend. Because I sat down and I thought, what do I really need this machine for? The principal thing I use it for is doing this. It's speaking to Tim recording the show um tim normally does that but obviously when i'm doing it solo then i do it myself uh, and you may remember regular listeners that uh, a few months ago i had a go at doing that on the ipad and it worked fine um but it was a lot more work than doing it on the mac so i needed something that was capable of editing audio in GarageBand, um and pretty much any mac recent intel mac can do that so um i really came to the conclusion that i mostly use my ipads at home um, I don't really use my Mac that often, uh, and relatively free, infrequently do I get the Mac out for doing anything other than audio. Occasionally I might do some work um, if I'm going to um, edit a file that I've been working on during the week at the weekend. I might sometimes choose to leave my uh, work laptop at, in the office just so I don't have to carry it around, uh, and then break out the Mac and do that at the weekend. Um, so I need something that can run office, but again, any modern Intel Mac can do that pretty well. So uh, I, I really came to the conclusion that maybe there's an opportunity for me to uh, reduce my costs by uh, not buying something quite so as advanced as a Retina MacBook Pro, much as I would like to have one because I do love those Retina screens. So um, after my adventures, I, I did end up settling on, well, I've actually got two machines. I'm going to decide which of them I intend to keep. 
So, um, recording this now on a uh, 2007 15-inch MacBook Pro. So, this is the last one they made before they went to the unibody, um, I believe. Yeah, I think it was 2008 they went to unibody. So, this is the last one that looked like the old PowerBook G4 style machine, um, 15-inch. This was uh, very reasonable. Um, I, I think I paid about £225 for this, so about $325, 350 something like that. Um, it's 2.2 GHz, mid-2007, 15-inch. Um, and that really is, a, if, you, if you're looking to buy one of those class machines, a uh, an old 15-inch MacBook Pro, 2007 onwards is the one to go for because it will run the latest version of uh, OS X. So it, this one's running El Capitan. Um, the ones before mid-2007 won't run anything past, I think, Mountain Lion. So if you want software compatibility, that's definitely the one to go for. That's also the one where they changed to an LED backlight for the 15-inch screen, which obviously helps battery life um, <clears throat> and color rep- reproduction, everything like that. So those are, those really are much nicer machines. Um, and, uh, yeah, this one's in very, very good condition, actually. Uh, I mean, looking it over, there's so few marks on it, it almost looks like it's fairly fresh out of the box. Um, so I was pretty lucky with that. Uh, 2.2 gigahertz processor. It came with, uh, let me just check. Pretty sure it came with 4 gig of RAM. Um, yeah, it did come with 4 gig of RAM, which is slightly upgraded. Um, and uh, it had a 120 gig hard drive in. Now, I'd recommend if you're getting a machine of this sort of vintage that you take the hard drives out and put an SSD in there, which is what I did. I actually had a 120 gig uh, a SATA SSD drive that I had from another project I wasn't using. So I've put that in here. Makes a big difference, the performance. Um, quite a massive difference. It basically moves it from being pretty pokey to usable. Um, so I would definitely recommend, if you are looking to buy a cheap old machine, you budget for replacing the SSD. Now, fortunately, on these machines, it's not particularly hard. Actually, on the unibody machines, it's even easier because you can just take the bottom plate off and you can access the drive there and then. On this one, you had to take a few more screws out. The iFixit thing was fairly straightforward, um, and it was pretty easy to change the drive. It took me about 20 minutes, so uh, provide you're fairly familiar with the insides of a of a computer. Brian, you, you've done it once or twice before. You shouldn't have any problems doing that. Um, yeah, and it's, it's okay. You know, it's only okay but then i'm not doing an awful lot with it so uh, it's perfectly fine for this um I, I i think you've got to keep perspectives on these things and this is one of the things i i kind of mused on when i didn't didn't end up getting that rest in the macbook pro is that you can read reviews and benchmarks and you'll look at the comparisons and speed between this machine that i'm talking on to you now uh, and a current machine and you'll see that the current machines are almost doubly as fast but the point is is these machines when they were new were pretty much the premium laptops you could buy. So they're not rubbish by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and with some judicious upgrades, they are very, very usable. Um, and and I think, you know, a fairly, if you want a 15-inch MacBook, these ones, uh, the 2007, is, is a pretty sweet spot to get, actually. Um, you get a good mix of performance. Obviously, on a MacBook Pro, you get all the ports, which you don't get on some other machines. So, you know, you've got the two USB ports. You've got an express card slot on this one. So you can add USB 3 if you want to, um, or an SD card reader if you want to. That's that's easy to do and cheap to do. They obviously have all the internal stuff you want, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, uh, Apple Express, all of that sort of thing. You've got FireWire on here, which you don't get on later machines. You even get an optical drive, which is 
something that floats your boat, you can do that. And of course, as Tim and I discussed previously, these machines are very uh, well adept at you taking that optical drive out, replacing it with a uh, a data doubler that lets you put a hard drive in there, and then you can have a high speed SSD in the original hard drive slot and then you can still have a larger spinning drive for data in the other slot which makes them uh, pretty capable machines really so battery life on this is okay um it's about two and a half hours uh, the battery in here is a is a replacement one it's no em one kind of uh, cheap ones you get off ebay so um i'm not planning to use it massively portably it's a 15 incher which uh, is amazing how bulky and heavy that seems nowadays by modern standards um but uh yeah battery life is is part of the course for a machine of this age i think if i was really bothered about battery life i would probably get something else because obviously um anybody who kind of remembers the way the intel Macs have come along will will be aware that effectively once they got into the um into the kind of the ivy bridge later processors then uh, battery life took a massive jump because those became hugely power efficient compared to the ones they had before so this one is not in that generation so you're looking at best with a, a good new original battery if you could able to go out into an apple store now and buy a, an original battery for one of these you probably only get about four and a half five hours out of it at best which is is okay but it's by modern standards Ideally, you want something that, that lasts seven or eight or more. So this is not a machine for portability or battery life, but as a kind of an, an OK desktop replacement or something to use around the house at home, it's pretty good. You know, the 15-inch screen is nice, uh, nice and big. Uh, you've got plenty of space on there. And as I say, if you can find one in a decent condition, there's an awful lot of these machines out there that are pretty beat up, to be honest. Um, so you shouldn't pay over the odds for um, a machine in poor cosmetic condition and you certainly shouldn't pay over the ultra machine with bits broken on a lot of them the optical drives have failed so that's fine if you're going to do a data doubler thing but you know if you're really looking for something in good condition as i my advice to you before the break was is you know be picky you're the buyer you can afford to be picky and there are lots and lots and lots of these machines out there so you can afford to not buy something that's busted uh, unless it's really a knockdown price and you can live with the failures. Uh, I had a, I had a 17-inch MacBook Pro once that was... I had a 17-inch MacBook Pro once that was... Um, that the airport card had failed on. Uh, and uh, I even changed the airport card out and I still couldn't get it working again. So I ended up using a USB uh, Wi-Fi dongle. Um, and that's fine if you're prepared to live with that. But those sorts of inconveniences... Um, you, you don't have to put up with if you don't want to. Um, you can afford to be picky and wait for the right machine to come along for the right price. So, um, okay. So you do think I'll be sorted with that. But no, I bought another one because that's just me. <laughs> I'm always looking for something slightly better. <coughs> Excuse me. Because as I looked into it, I realized that actually there is a sweeter spot in terms of cost, performance, and value, that I think, than even this machine here. And that is... Uh, something that's often, I think, overlooked, maybe slightly forgotten about in the uh, in the Apple line, and that's the white MacBook unibody. Um, the uh, basically the last MacBook they made before they uh, discontinued them and went completely with the airline. Um, uh, obviously, there is a MacBook now, the new, very very thin, very tiny one. But I'm not talking about that. So this one, and I think these these were last refreshed in mid 2010. Um, and uh, before they, they killed them. 
Um, and, and basically, uh, for anybody who doesn't remember this machine, if you imagine the the 13-inch MacBook Pro, but instead of using aluminium as the case material, it uses poly- white polycarbonate. That is the unibody 13-inch MacBook. Um, and as I said, the mid-2010 one is the last one they made. It's got 2.4 gigahertz processor in. It is further along the processor line. So even though it's a Core 2 Duo rather than an i3 or an i5, it has those power optimizing things in it. So you get much better battery life, um, better performance, obviously, than the machine I'm talking to you on now. Uh, and and then a fairly sweet 13-inch body. Obviously, not as thin as the Retina and certainly not as thin as the Pros but uh, not big and bulky by any stretch of the imagination. 1280 by 800 screen. Um, and apart from the fact that it's missing FireWire ports, it's pretty much got everything on it you want. Um, and I, the thing is, these machines, they don't sell for very much, which makes, in my view, makes an excellent value. So anyway, I've purchased one of these, bought it from a private seller. I'm expecting it to come uh, uh, tomorrow. Um, it's the office. Um and uh, I'll let you know how I go on with it next week, but I'm going to make a decision really about which one of these two machines I keep, um, um, which one's going to work best for me. But uh, yeah, the 13-inch MacBook. Now, the thing about these is for, for a start, if you see them selling online on eBay, you've got to make sure you get the right one. You want the latest one, the mid-2010 2.4 gigahertz just because you'll pay the same for the older one and you might as well have the best performance. Um the uh, thing you've got to watch for is discolorations and cracks on that polycarbonate case. Um, there are so many of these things around, it's not worth buying one, in my opinion, that has any case flaws on it, yeah, unless they're really, really minor. Most of them will have swirls and scratches and that sort of thing on because that's how the polycarbonate picks stuff off. But because it's white, you can't really see most of those. So don't worry about that. But a lot of them have cracks around the back hinges, um, and I don't think it's... There's so many of them around that it's not worth um, buying one without the crack, with a crack on it because they, they tend to sell for the same sort of money as the flawless ones. So, um, yeah, in, in my opinion, anyway, I wouldn't buy one with uh, with any sort of crack on. I'd just wait for, you know, wait for another one to come along. Optical drives, again, sometimes they fail. Um, again, um, fairly swap that out for a data doubler. So um depends on how hung up you are on the ability of the optical drive to deliver if if you want that or not so um kind of bear that in mind and if, if you want the optical drive then make sure you buy one when they're working optical drive they're fairly easy to change um as i said the unibodies um the uh, bottom plate is just held down by screws and once you take that off you've got access free access to all the internals of the machines and these older machines that's really an advantage over the modern MacBooks and the MacBook Pros and the MacBook Airs because you just can't open them those up and do anything to them. Uh, whereas these ones, you can add RAM, you can add disk, you can put SSDs in and that sort of thing. So again, this this uh, this one I'm buying, I will put an SSD in there. And then I'll really confer it. If, if it seems to be a massively different in performance and battery life, then maybe I'll keep that one over the 15-inch Pro. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll just take a view on it, really. And And the thing is, is that the advantage I have is by buying these older machines, uh, I've effectively got two two machines for less than the price of one because I've got two machines for less than what I would have paid for the um, the rest of the MacBook Pro originally I was going for, um, which is kind of a bargain really. Uh, yeah, same sort of money. About I think I paid about two hundred twenty five pounds for the MacBook, um, so about three hundred dollars, which is a lot of machine for the money. And they really are 
performance-wise, not that dissimilar to the uh, MacBook Pros, 13-inch MacBook Pros of the same era, um, and, and certainly a very, very functional machine for uh, for today. I'd probably put money on it being roughly equivalent in performance with an SSD in it to to uh, uh, a MacBook Air. Um, so uh, for for most tasks anyway, for most general tasks. So uh, you're getting a lot of machine for the money, definitely. Um, so so yeah, I'll, I'll I'll see how it goes. Um, and one other thing that I need to point out actually, while I remember, is one of the flaws on the on that MacBook is the bottom plate has a big piece of rubber on it, stop it moving on the desk, and that apparently comes off, or it it, it basically heat degrades the glue and it comes off. Um, Apple will replace that for you for free um, under a warranty extension program. Um, you just basically take it in to an Apple store and they'll fix that for you. So if you do get one with that on it, then don't worry about it because th- at the moment, certainly that can be dealt with by Apple for no money because they recognize that was a, a bit of a design flaw in the, in the machine. So uh, so that's, that's something to be aware of. Uh, but yeah, as I say, I'll let you know how I get on with it. Um, but I, in my opinion, uh, I'd say the... 2010 polycarbonate macbook is probably unibody that is is probably the kind of used bargain in macs at the moment what does anybody else think anybody got any ideas on something else i should have bought or uh, should have thought about or am i crazy for not buying a modern machine um i you know i have i have an opportunity now when i i'm next february i'm probably going to be in the states so i'd have an opportunity to buy a, a modern brand new machine if I wanted to at something of a discount compared to what I've spent here in the UK um, but at this point I'm kind of thinking you know I don't I don't think I'm going to need to do that I think I've got a machine that does as much as what I need it to do for right now and um, yeah we'll see how it goes anyway my throat is starting to go again as I said I'm suffering from a bit of a cold and uh, these solo shows I know can be a bit hard on the ears just hearing me drone on and on so uh, I'm going to put a rest to it there um, as I said I'm hoping to have Donnie Yankelo on next week's show which will be come out at normal time because I'll record it on Friday um, <clears throat> I will go away now and install GarageBand 6 the old version of GarageBand on this Mac uh, not because it can't run the new one it's just the old one is much better for podcast editing than the current version from the Mac App Store and I will catch up with you uh, next Friday Have a good week.